0: Writing podcast brought to you by Bright Little Light Press. I'm your host, Dakri Carey, and today we've got guest host Kay Rhodes with us. Hello. Today we're going to do something a little different for our podcast. Normally, I prepare a topic, make a lot of notes, do a lot of research, and make everything nice and structured. I wasn't feeling it this week. There's been a lot going on, and the podcast I started trying to make notes for was starting to really annoy me, frankly. So, we're just going to go a little more unstructured and talk about the value of leaving yourself room for creativity in your writing work. So, as we were talking about this podcast, I was explaining to Kay what I intended to be have as the topic and that I was annoying myself trying to make notes for it. It just didn't wasn't coming together properly. It sounded like a forced and there were some things that seemed a little bit arbitrary. And I just wasn't happy with the content that was flowing. And Kate had some advice for me.
1: My advice was pretty simple. There are a lot of times where we tell ourselves we have to get something done. Like, I've got to write this scene or I've got to finish this thing for work. And we're not feeling it. You're not, um, you know, you're not in the mindset. Maybe you're burnt out. Maybe it's been a long day. Maybe you just like, your brain is typically fighting you like eh, looking for every excuse to go oh look at this other thing online yes i will write a review about something that someone asked me for or i will do this other thing like anything but the thing i'm supposed to be doing and like there there's the reason for that, that your brain is telling you things and you know the advice is simple take a break give your mind the the space it needs to relax and go off and do something. And, you know, a a much simpler analogy is, um, it's not really analogy. Like in America, we have this belief that you should, you know, get up and go to work at 8am and work hard until 5pm or 6pm. If you include lunch and like, No breaks. Just keep working. And especially for knowledge workers, like, keep thinking your important thoughts all day long. And we all know our brains just, like, wander off at some point in the day. They're like, nope, I'm out of here, you know? And there have been so many studies that say, go take a nap. Go do something else. Like, naps are this amazing thing. There's all these studies that basically say... Go do a nap and when you come back, you will be so much more productive and you will get the thing you were, that your brain was fighting you against done faster and sooner than you would have if you hadn't have taken the nap. And the same thing applies to like, just take a mental break.
0: So there are a few different ways we can turn that into actionable advice, whether you are working on a writing project or whether you're working on marketing your books. One idea is... And this is tricky for me, by the way, because before I started doing publishing, I was also a writer and I do still do my own writing as well. So as a writer, my personal philosophy has always been there is no such thing as writer's block. It's just you need to have the discipline to sit down and actually do the work. If something in a scene isn't working for you or you're having trouble figuring out where some characters are supposed to go, there are ways around that. Don't let that stop you. But on the flip side of that, unless you're doing nonfiction writing, and even then, um, writing is a very creative process, and our brains are really only capable of being creative for so many hours or um, for so much time on a specific task, or maybe there's other things that are derailing your thought process, like you've got other stressors happening in your life, or maybe something um, bad has happened, or... Maybe you're concerned about a friend or a family member or a loved one. There's all these things that are going on in our subconscious mind while we're trying to be creative. And all of these things can totally derail the thought train. So there's sort of a few different things around that. One is to give yourself room, as Kay was saying, take a break. I generally advocate that you should sit down and try to write, and it's the discipline of that that will help you learn to work through blocks and things like that. And to make sure that you don't have writer's block, you just sit down, same time every day, write some words. They may not always be good. Sometimes they'll be crap. But that's how you get to a finished product.
1: But, I mean, on, on speaking of that, and I totally agree, like if you're working, you know, trying to get this scene done, and it is not working, your brain's like, no, I don't want to write the scene. And thing seems like wooden and crappy, like that you were saying. Like, write But don't write that. Exactly. You know? That
0: was exactly what I was about to say. If your brain is fighting you a thousand different ways, take a break from that. Maybe you go write something different about your characters. Maybe you go write a few paragraphs about a character's backstory. Maybe you skip ahead to a different scene in the book you're working on.
1: That was the dog.
0: (laughs) This is a really informal podcast. Um... Maybe you switch gears entirely and maybe you go work on some marketing-related tasks. Maybe if your brain is not working on your novel right now, you go take an hour and schedule a month's worth of social media posts. Or maybe you go solicit reviews from a few people from books you already have out. Or maybe you write ad copy, which is a different sort of mental skill
1: set. And what I would advise is don't go do the next thing on your to-do list that you have to do. Go do the next thing that is interesting to your brain. Hopefully there's something on your to-do list that your brain's like, ah, I could do that. Like, don't try to force it, because you're just going to have the same problem when your brain gets into that state. And, you know, while I mentioned, you know, the idea of a nap or taking a break, I, I find that with writing, if there's a scene that you're trying to work through, that you're just – your brain is not going there or it's just not working. Walking away and coming back to the same scene frequently doesn't help. You know, for me, it's – no, You, I have to write something completely different. I mean, it doesn't have to be completely like an entirely different story, but like, you know, maybe write some – random other scene involving your favorite character of the story that may or may not ever make it into the story. You might just trash it or just, you're just exploring some part of their personality and having fun with some nifty idea or just write something random. And then later on you'll be much better off coming back to that scene and maybe you'll write it well and maybe you'll be like, actually the scene is crap.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. In a lot of these cases, Sometimes when your brain is objecting to doing the work, it's because there are other factors going on in your life. Sometimes it's just your brain's way of saying, hey, this doesn't really work in the story, but your brain doesn't have like a direct line to you to tell you that. So it's your subconscious way of being like, nah, this isn't right, but you can't quite put your finger on it. So instead, you end up spending two hours on Twitter or staring at a blank page and getting really stressed out. Don't do that. Give yourself time to do something else. And maybe... For me, one thing that helps sometimes is to go away from the computer entirely. I'll go do dishes or take a shower or walk the dogs. And when my brain is freed up from these like stressful staring at a screen tasks and doing something completely unrelated, um, I often will have inspiration strike me and, oh, this would resolve great if this character did foo. And then all of a sudden I'm like, going down this path, and it's really interesting, exciting to me, and I can't wait to get back and work on the stories more.
1: Well, I suspect most people would not go, yes, let me go do dishes. (laughs) There is some... I hate doing
0: dishes, by the way. That's not a fun thing. (laughs) Yeah.
1: There is definitely something to be said for uh, physical labor that doesn't require thought. Like, you know, once you know how to do dishes, you don't really think about it too much. It's just kind of mechanical work uh you know chopping logs or you know going and mowing the garden or just like anything that you don't have to think about and involves some physical motion actually like there's a lot of stuff saying like go move your body it will help and especially these things that you don't have to think about it and just let your mind wander and do whatever it wants to do while you're doing this other task and it it helps tremendously
0: yeah, there are some interesting studies that have been done around subconscious communication. And at the risk of going into territory that sounds a little out there, um, I know that a lot of us just have trouble tapping into some things that are below the surface. And we stay so busy with work and with friends and TV shows and reading and all the things that are happening in our lives constantly that we don't make a lot of room to listen to that quiet voice inside. And so when you're doing these repetitive physical tasks that don't really require thought, your brain actually sort of goes into a different state, and it's easier for your subconscious thoughts to rise to the, sur- to the surface then, because you're not thinking so intently about what you're reading on Twitter, or being outraged over politics, or how your family did this really dumb thing. You're just sort of zen in that moment, and that frees space for these ideas to come to you. It's-
1: just another form of physical meditation. Exactly. You know, it's, there's a little difference, although meditation does help with uh, this type of stuff too. Like not meditating on a topic, but just like in general, meditation totally helps with, you know, the types of stuff that thought, well, I think it helps in pretty much everyone's life. I don't think there's ever been a study that said, Oh, meditation didn't help this person. Um,
0: but some people find it difficult to meditate,
1: right? And I'm not suggesting that go meditate, um, <laughs> although that may work for you. That may be great. The, I think the difference is with meditation, you're generally going, I acknowledge this thought and now th- this thought that I've had, and now I am letting it go, versus doing the dishes or something like that. You frequently kind of just focus on the thought, you know, like hey, I wonder about Betty, and you know, just go down some random rabbit trails of thoughts. And without trying to do the meditation thing of letting them go. But there's a lot of value in just that free, relaxed, let your brain go where it wants to go. With the note that do try and avoid the thoughts that are, like, all frustrating you. Like, <laughs> I can't get this done. Right. Yeah. Let and it go. <laughs>
0: the other thought, in general, negative thoughts, you should try to just let them pass through you without thinking about them too much. And as a writer, it can be very easy to focus on a bad review you've gotten or a letter from a publisher who's not interested in your book or an agent who doesn't want to rep you. There's all these um, sort of roadblocks that writers encou- encounter on a regular basis, and it's easy to internalize that. So definitely just sort of try to let those
1: pass. Alternately, you could say, you know, if you're, <clears throat> uh, you're all pissed off about a terrible review, <laughs> write yourself a like a teeny tiny not even a short story just like a little thing about this evil person who is just like you can just like throw all that like negativity into this character that you build that's just like a jerk and you know you it can be cathartic to do that and you'll probably throw it out but who cares you're not fo- you know you've gotten it out you're not focusing on him or you can go back to other things
0: so there are some other things sort of related to this that I wanted to talk about. And one of them is the idea of your writing process. And people have different writing processes. Everybody is different. Some things that work well for other people may not work for you and vice versa. And there is a huge debate between people who really need to plot out their stories and people who prefer to not plot anything And uh, the latter people are often referred to as pantsers because they're sort of going by the seat of their pants. They don't have a plan. And the former people are often called plotters because they're plotting out everything they do. And I generally advocate for people to do whatever works for them because you don't want to try to force your brain to work in a way it doesn't want to work.
1: This is a creative activity.
0: Exactly. (laughs) But if you are a plotter, do try to make room in your plotting for things to unfold organically. Because you can put down on paper, these five beats are going to happen. It's going to be this, and then this, and then this, and then this. But when you get to the third beat, you may actually find that what is evolving in your story organically is radically different for beats four and five. And if you're a plotter, it can be easy to say, you know what, that's not what I had planned. I'm going to just keep going the way I had scheduled this to go and not follow these interesting storylines down to their conclusion. And sometimes that's the right call. Sometimes these storylines can be like red herrings and they don't lead anywhere and they just sort of leave you stranded in the woods. But other times, that's the best writing you'll ever do are these things that evolve organically as these characters sort of come to life on the page and want to do their own thing.
1: And, And frequently that's, you know... A lot of the the mental roadblocks involve, like, trying to force the story to do X, which, you know, plotters frequently find themselves having to do, and, like, your brain just not wanting to go there. Like, that trying to force it to fit this thing is sometimes problematic. And, yeah, I totally agree. Just let it go and, like, maybe it'll be terrible, but maybe it'll just work.
0: And if it is terrible there may be things you can redeem about what you did. Like maybe going all the way to Z isn't really good, but maybe when you get to P, you can take a sidetrack and come back again, and that'll be a much better story than if you had just followed your plot through what you had outlined.
1: Or maybe you'll discover things about your characters.
0: That's true. That's a, a good point. It can be sometimes like a free association where... Whatever you're writing may not actually make it into your finished product, but they can inform the character and that can make it into your finished product. Just to give you an anecdote, one thing that I love the most about writing is how I am constantly surprised by the things that happen in my stories. Um, Obviously, you probably can conclude from this, I'm a pantser, but I do uh, occasionally make outlines for things when I know I have a vague idea of where the story is going to go or certain things that are coming up down the road that are going to be really big payoffs. I'll I'll make a note of that.
1: But I don't really have like them. a... Huh? So that you can work towards them.
0: Exactly. Or just because I find that some of the big plot beats can be difficult if I don't have them in mind already. Um, but it really depends on the story. But it's so interesting to me when I'm in the middle of writing a scene and then all of a sudden one of my characters will say or do something completely unexpected And those unexpected things are often the things that people like the most about your writing because those are authentic and they're not forced. And that's really what catches readers. Also amusingly, whenever I have those things happen, I find it really energizing in general. And it once makes me want to do more writing. And whenever I come and chat with Kay about what I've been working on, it's always those moments that come out. It's always like, wow, okay, I can't believe this happened. This character did this really crazy thing, and it was X, and I just never saw that coming. And how animated I get when I talk about that, and um, how interesting that makes the story to me gives me more creative energy to put back into that story.
1: And that stuff is always better for readers. Exactly. Yeah, whatever you're excited about, like that's going to be better for readers.
0: So the other thing we sort of touched on is the idea of giving yourself creative breaks and something we didn't touch on, but something I want to touch on is the idea that you need to recharge your creative brain.
1: She just checked her notes for this.
0: It was a text I sent 20 minutes ago. It was an outline. It was not an outline. I said, I want to cover this and that. Oh my gosh. Okay. I may be more of a plotter than I realized. Anyway. Um, so there are times when you just need to give your brain a creative break. And this sort of runs counter to things I've told people over the years and my own personal philosophy for my writing and what I advise our authors here by Little Light Press to do, which is to sit down and write because that is the discipline and that's what you have to do in order to get a book produced. But there are certainly times when your brain has wandered off, like Kay was saying, and going and doing the dishes or going for a walk is not going to give you the room you need or just get your brain back on track. So sometimes you actually have to give yourself a creative break. And maybe that's something like, um, watching a TV show that you find interesting or you admire the writing of, or maybe it's, uh, playing a game that's completely unrelated to writing and just as a different sort of creative outlet, um... There are some interesting storytelling games that can be fun to play with. Or maybe it's uh, a different type of art. Maybe you like to draw or do something visual or sew. For me,
1: it's just doing something completely unrelated.
0: Yeah, it just depends on whatever gets you creatively recharged. But the point is, your brain will get depleted at some point of creative energy and then you need to recharge it.
1: Decision fatigue is a real thing. Yeah. <laughs> there are studies about it. There's plenty you can read about it. You literally can only make so many real decisions in a day without taking a break.
0: That's a slightly different thing than what I'm talking about, but it's related. But
1: it's it's closely related cuz yeah. like trying to, you know, decide about what this character does next, like these are frequently decisions we're making and there's only so many you can do, but it's it's not always decision fatigue, but frequently that plays a factor.
0: It does. And the other point is sort of you never know when inspiration is going to strike. There may be things that happen to you while you're out in the world doing other things that will inform your story. Um, one of our authors at Bright Little Light Press talks about how she's a huge reality TV fan. And a couple of her book ideas have come from reality TV shows. So... Who would have thought that reality TV would inspire someone to write a book? But there they are. It can be whatever gets you going. Yep. All right, so we'll leave you on this note short and sweet this week. And I know this is a departure from the more structured podcasts that I've been doing, but hopefully you find it helpful. As always, if you have any ideas for podcasts or questions for anything we cover here, hit us up on Twitter at B L L Press or on Facebook at BLL Press, or on our website at brightlittlelight.press. Talk to you next time. Bye. Bye!